This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create positive change in the world every day by being a conscious consumer. I'm your host, Laura Alexandra Wittig, founder of Brightly.eco, and I started this podcast a few years ago because I wanted a place to talk about the gray areas around sustainability and how being a conscious consumer can be challenging and confusing but it's totally doable. So join me in the name of reducing waste and living positively in the name of the planet. together listeners. I am so excited that I'm back from our break. I think you've heard some new episodes from us come out recently, but um, I had a nice little break. It was good and I'm back, excited to be back recording. Um, and today we're doing another solo episode for me. And, you know, like I keep saying, we're going to do these periodically. They're going to be a little bit shorter than our normal episodes, but it's just going to be me kind of coming in, talking about my own personal experience um, regarding a topic. And then, you know, I'm happy to answer questions like I do in DMs, etc. And like continue the conversation. Um, I'm also like everyone else, like battling some sort of like cold continuously. So hopefully <laughs> you don't hear it too much in my voice. Um, but if you're like me, you know, this time of year is always kind of crazy with germs. And then if you have a kid, oh my God, just forget it. Like you're just going to be sick constantly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so today's episode is about something that I think is very valuable and relevant to all of us. It's something that candidly, I haven't really been able to reduce much in my own life, which is actually why I wanted to talk about it. Um, Because you guys know I like to be transparent and let you know how I live my life. um, And I'm not over here like preaching to you about something that I don't personally do. So I do some of these things, we'll talk about it. Um, And the topic today is really how to reduce your digital footprint, your digital carbon footprint. Um, And, you know, we've heard us talk and we actually don't talk too much about it here, but your your overall carbon footprint. And the reason why I say we don't talk a lot about it on Good Together is that, you know, it's, it's something that encompasses a lot of different factors and we cover each one of those factors in different episodes, but I don't know if we ever focus too much on the actual term carbon footprint, just because I think sometimes it can be honestly a little bit overwhelming, but we're all generally aware of what that means, right? Um, to, to not be overwhelmed, essentially this just means what is the impact that you're having on the environment, right? So once we get rid of those kind of buzzwords, then it's a little bit easier to understand. Um, and the reason why any type of carbon footprint, whether we're talking about physical or digital, is important to think about is, you know, it's all it is is you're you know, your efforts, your your daily efforts to reduce things like energy consumption, water usage, and mostly waste. Like, that's what we really talk a lot about. And that's what I'm really passionate about here is trying to prevent waste before it goes into the waste stream. Because as we know, recycling and reuse, etc. do happen, but they don't happen on like a one-to-one basis, right? So if you're consuming two pieces of trash, I'm sorry, if you're throwing two pieces of trash into the waste stream, two pieces of trash are not going to get recycled right now. Like, we know that. Um, So one thing that we thought would be interesting to talk about is the concept of a digital carbon footprint. And that means what we're doing when we're on our devices. So 
You know, this is not a visible and tangible thing. This is talking about the emissions being produced by your online activity. And I admit, like, this concept seemed a little bit strange to me just because I was like, look, my entire job, my entire livelihood is being online and being present. Um, Many of us have jobs like that, too. Many of us also spend a lot of our times online. um, And as a matter of fact, I think we all spend much more of our time online than we used to do post-COVID. We're still kind of coming off of this, like, you know, lockdown addiction, really, to being online and et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, I'm going to talk about a bunch of tips, but I think you know the number one tip is to just shut things down and go outside. Um, And I'll talk about how I try to do this myself. Again, full disclosure, I fully understand that it's going to sound a little bit weird coming from me. Um, So, you know, let's talk a little bit about, like, how our digital carbon footprint does impact the environment, even though it's something that we can't see or feel. So there is an organization out there called the Shift Project, and they specifically said greenhouse gas emissions from the digital sector are growing right now by 6% per year and already account for 3.5% of global greenhouse gas emissions. So relatively small right now. However, they think that this share could be doubled by 2025. Um, so while we're talking about the energy overall needed for something like sending an email or Googling a question is pretty small, every digital action collectively that we take does add up. Um, and if you think about the fact that 5.3 billion people or 66% of the world's population, um, if you'd like it that way, are using the internet, then this does add up. Um, and I'd like to say too that Again, let's talk, let's say we, we just said 3.5% already. It's going to double. So we're talking about 7%, you know, probably in the next year or so. If that trend continues, it's going to occupy a bigger and bigger portion of greenhouse gas emissions. And even though it might still seem like a small percentage, this is something that you can actually do every day. Like it doesn't require money. It doesn't even require time. As a matter of fact, it's going to give you back some time to like actually use, use your hands and your brain. I guess. So let's let's talk about this a little bit more. So, you know, we have um, talked about a lot of these various digital activities and, and broken them down on our social media accounts on Instagram, brightly.eco. Um, but let's talk about streaming. Okay, so streaming, again, something that we all got really, really into during the pandemic if we previously weren't. But, you know, 85% of U.S. households are subscribed to at least one streaming platform. And if you're like my household, you're subscribed to multiple multiple of them. If you're like my household, your spouse or partner is probably always on your case to remove one of them because they think that they're unnecessary expenditures. But then you tell that spouse or partner that your toddler's obsessed with Disney. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, silly, but you, I'm sure you're subscribed to at least one streamer, right? Netflix, um, HBO, of course, what now that's called Max, Amazon, etc. And so you know, when you turn that TV on to stream something, streaming, number one, requires an infrastructure, right? Data centers, networks, devices, and the, the this consumption that we're doing is obviously requiring a lot of energy. And right now, the estimate, and this is kind of insane, is that the average American spends 11 hours and 54 minutes each day. So let's call it 12, 12 hours, please connected to some kind of media. So that could be TV, phone, computer, laptop, 
whatever. And, you know, streaming is a part of this. So we get that we're all streaming for about two to three hours a day. And that's going to be creating, you know, CO2. And it's going to be increasing your digital footprint. So my main advice here is just lessen your amount of streaming that you're doing. Um, And you can also, of course, moderate your consumption in general. And we're talking about that. But, you know, if you're one of those people, actually, here's actually a very real life tip that my husband and I do. Oftentimes, we will watch one show together. And like, let's say that's roughly an hour. Although I think most of the shows we've been into lately are half an hour, but just stay with me here. When you're watching that show, don't be on your phone too, because you're like not paying attention to the show and you're just like doubling up your energy usage and you're like not doing justice to the show. And why would you even stream anyway? Like, I think we do have to get away from this concept of like being so glued to our phones all the time, whenever we're doing anything, including consuming other content. Um, it's just not good for our mental health. It's not good for our wellness. And obviously there's some negative impacts to the planet too. Um, so I, I get in my husband's case about this a lot because when I watch a show, I do try to be pretty engrossed. If it starts to get boring and I pick my phone up, I actually tell myself, why am I even watching this? And for me, it's more of a, like a, an exercise in concentration. But now that we're doing this episode, I'm thinking about this, it really could also be seen as an exercise in the slight reduction of energy usage. So now let's move on to social media, because social media is what I believe is really like driving a lot of this being connected to our phones 24-7. And that's on purpose, right? Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, now X. I'm sorry, I'm old school. I still can't call it X. Um, All of these things are designed to keep your attention for as long as humanly possible. They employ things like push notifications and likes and all of these like weird psychology, you know, triggers and buttons, etc. behind the scenes because they get advertising dollars when you're on those platforms, right? So they make money when you're on these platforms longer. So Unfortunately, the addiction that I was talking about earlier, as it relates to like having our phone in our pocket and feeling that the buzz and, you know, these notifications, like that's kind of on purpose. And we are now worldwide very connected and we're a little bit too connected, I would say. And so the social media companies themselves, you know, like just even thinking about like the vast infrastructure required to run them is massive. Um, And when we looked at like which social media network actually has the largest carbon footprint, um, it was TikTok followed by Reddit, Pinterest, Instagram, and Snapchat. Um, so we didn't find info in here that we needed to on Facebook. So I'm going to see if we can figure that out. But regardless, TikTok makes a little bit of sense, right? If you're thinking about something that's going to be streaming, like we talked about a second ago, streaming video requires more resources than just, um, scrolling. And so you, The thing that I thought was interesting when we discovered this, though, other than the fact that Facebook was um, conspicuously um, out of there. I'm sorry, meta. Um, If you think about it, if you were to scroll one hour per day over the course of the year, your TikTok scrolling would be the equivalent of driving 143 miles in a car. So that's a lot, Um, especially if you're somebody in the city who doesn't own a car and you like pride yourself on taking public transportation. 
again, we just like to share this not to shame you because you're probably still going to spend that hour on TikTok, to be totally honest. But we want you to understand, like, nothing in life is free and certainly nothing in life, uh, nothing related to the planet and consumption is free. So just, just something to be more mindful. So, you know, look, social media is not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and it's not all bad, right? Like we, there's so much good that comes from social media. I mean, we're able to talk to you directly. We're able to join the conversation ourselves, um, at Brightly with you. And we're able to like share a lot of goodness. There's also a lot of trolling and a lot of, you know, that goes on to social media as we all know. But in general, I'd still say it's a net good for society personally, but maybe just consider putting a time limit on your app. And actually, there are some apps that will do this specifically for you. But there's also, I believe, now a feature built into most smartphones where you can limit your screen time. And even if you don't want to limit it, because I'm like a stubborn person, the second you give me really like hardcore constraints like that, I kind of rebel against them. This is me being totally transparent. So the way that I overcome this is I actually just get that screen time report given to me by my iPhone at the end of the day. I think it's it's either at the end of the day or it's in the more the next morning. But I get um I get those daily um notifications and then the one that's crazy for me is the weekly one. Um and that one I believe is the weekly one I believe is automatically set up. Um so you'll get that if you turn on this like sort of screen time monitoring feature. That's staggering. Like, it'll literally say, last week you spent 16, 17 hours on your phone. Like, what? And that's probably low. Like, sometimes it's like on... Well, then it'll tell you, like, on average you spent four hours on your phone? Like, what? Like, that's insane to me. Um, Especially as somebody who as a family, I have so many things that I actually should be getting done around my house and doing with my physical hands. When I hear that stuff, it it does actually drive me to pause and be a little bit more mindful about what I'm doing. Um, sometimes when I see that notification, and especially if you get it week after week, you, it's very tempting for me to say, well, it's my job. And yes, there is a portion of that. It's my job. But you know what it's actually driven me to do is um, I'm recording this episode from a little shed that we have in our backyard that I built specifically for work at home situations. When you have a kiddo, it's really hard to have a quiet place to record a podcast. Um, So thankfully, Eric, my husband is super handy. We worked actually with somebody locally to produce this little shed and then my husband finished it. So he insulated the walls. He did a lot of really amazing work. Thank you, Eric, <laughs> if you're listening to this, uh, for helping me make this a good um, solution to for podcast recording. Um, but anyway, this is where I have my desktop. Um, and this is, so I've tried to be a little bit more mindful and say, look, when you go into your little shed, that's work time. And when you come out of it, yes, of course, people are going to text you, you're going to get pinged, etc. But try to not treat the home as your office. That's my advice to myself. And so maybe that's something that you can do. Um, Just maybe you've got a corner of your house, which where your work setup is, if you're working from home, maybe you treat it like that, where you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to stick my computer, laptop, desktop, whatever, in a specific area. When I'm done with that, I'm going to just try really hard to be more mindful about my consumption. 
I'm not saying that means you can't get on your phone. I'm not saying that you should feel bad when you get on your phone. I'm saying maybe just be a little bit more mindful. Um, you know, getting outside um, and in causing that, you know, and using our hands can cause, that's what I meant to say, <laughs> getting outside and using our hands can cause like just a really nice rush of endorphins that is hard to get on your phone unless maybe... I don't know, you're going viral, in which case, good luck to you. I, I mean, more power to you. I, We personally don't go viral every day, so I need some endorphins myself every day. Um, let's see. Um, the last thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of our digital footprint, because I think it's really important to... We talked about social media. We talked about streaming. The last thing, I'm just going to kind of roll my eyes as I say this, but is our, our, our freaking our email inbox. Oh. And if you know a little bit about my background, you may or may not. I was myself an email marketer for many years. My entire job was to fill up your inbox and to, like, get you to click on my emails, click into them with crazy subject lines. So, like, I feel particularly responsible for this one. I don't do that as much anymore. We do still send our weekly Brightly newsletter that we hopefully, we hope um, is, is useful to you. But, um, you know, one area of our digital carbon footprint that we really overlook, I would say, is our inbox. And so the average carbon footprint um, is interesting when we think about emails. So a standard email is equals four grams of CO2. An email with attachments actually equals 50 grams of CO2. Um, and, you know, and they're talking about this because it's mostly storage. That's kind of where I'm getting, where I'm, where I'm, I'm getting this is, is, you know, in order to have an email, it has to be stored somewhere that's taking up space somewhere, et cetera, et cetera. So just in case you didn't know, the cloud is not a real thing. <laughs> My dad thought your, your stuff actually literally goes in the cloud. He thought that there are data centers up there. I'm not kidding. Um, but there are actually are data centers in real life. Um, my husband worked for um, some in Meta for a long time. Um, those things are still required to sit around to process some of the storage that we're talking about. So you actually can reduce, I hate to say this, I don't want to tell you this, but it's true. You can actually reduce your carbon footprint by cleaning out your inbox. Oh, so you can like, for, so why don't we start by getting rid of those attachments and go into Gmail. There's like a little query. You can say, um, has attachments. I think that's exactly what you say, but maybe Google it. So go clear out all those attachments. Um, and then just start cleaning them out. And the other thing you can do is unsubscribe from unwanted emails. And that also can take a lot of time. There's a few things out there you can use. There's something called unroll.me. That can be helpful to unsubscribe from a lot of things um, in a massive quantity. But you can also just like, you know, take a look at your promotion section of your Gmail or email, whatever. If you're getting, you know, on a daily basis, you're like, hopping in there and seeing what newsletters. If you're not reading it, just unsubscribe. It's also good for as much as email marketers, speaking from experience, as much as they like to have big lists and brag about like, oh, I have 50,000 people on my email list or whatever. It costs them money. Every every email on that list costs them money. Um, and so if you're not interested in what they're talking about, like just unsubscribe, save the planet a few little tiny little grams of, uh, you know, of CO2 emissions for that, uh, email that's going out and then save them a little bit of money, make their metrics look better. Um, so I know this has been kind of an interesting episode because, well, I hope it's been, I don't know because I'm not you, but
but I hope you found this to be relatively interesting as we think about the concept again of nothing being quote unquote free in life and free in terms of money or impact to the planet, etc. or impact to your time. You know what I'm talking about. So overall, what, what have we learned from this episode? Number one, what you're doing online is not necessarily the most healthy thing for you or the planet. And I say that mostly for your mental health, but we've also talked about how there are impacts that are actually real impacts to the planet, specifically in energy use and consumption. Um, and so if you can just be more mindful of how much time you're spending online, if you can go outside a little bit more, if possible, I live in Seattle. A lot of times it's actually really not possible to go outside. So maybe you find hobbies that require no screen time. One thing that I did, and I'm actually going to be starting this, I think in the next two or three weeks, I enrolled myself in an acrylic painting class for adults. um, And I'm going to do that on Saturday afternoons. And I'm hopeful that even when I'm not in that class once a week, I will continue to work on my art during my off time. Um, And I'm excited about that. It was a little bit of a a push I gave myself to sign up for something where I know no one, where I am going to be a total beginner. Um, I've used, I've used watercolors a long time ago, but I love, I love the exercise of doing those types of things. I wouldn't say that I'm particularly um, good at it. (laughs) So I'm excited. Well, good together listeners. I hope you had a good time with me today. Um, As always, please give me your feedback. I'd love to hear more from you. Um, And let me know, like, what else should we talk about? What else are you interested in hearing about from my perspective? Um, how can I help you understand, you know, how I live my life in terms of just realistic perspectives? I am not perfect. Coming from somebody who has access to a lot of information and products, like, I'm still blown away at the amount of improvement that I could be doing. Um, so that this is me being vulnerable. This is me over here thinking about how I can personally continue to be a conscious consumer in order to, you know, live a little bit lighter on the planet. joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You'll find us on almost everything at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together. So have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.